Chapters 11 and 12 of The Long, Long Trail by Max Brand. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 11. In the living room there had grown up a slight suspense. What keeps Mary so long? asked her uncle at length. Oh, I'll go find out, suggested Elizabeth. And then, to the astonishment of the others, big Jess Drear was seen to slip from his chair. The fire cast a gigantic shadow behind him against the wall if you don't mind he said gently i think i'll step out and see but at that moment the front door crashed there was the metallic ring of the bolt driven home and then mary whipped into the room a beautiful picture a wisp of hair had blown across her cheek her eyes were alight with excitement and yet there was something akin to a laugh on her lips jess drear she cried follow me and before one of the others could so much as rise from a chair, she had raced across the room and out through the farther door with Drear gliding at her heels. Even then he appeared unhurried. "'This way,' commanded the girl, and ran up the brief flight of steps that joined one stretch of the back hall with another at a higher level. They went down the passage at full speed, and then at the foot of it she cast open another door and beckoned him into the room once inside she bolted the door behind her from the front of the house there was a thunder against the door and the voice of morgan valentine was calling mary what's this all about jess drear took quick stock of the room the moonlight struck in a broad shaft through one of the windows and the rest of the apartment was filled with a dim dim light it was a girl's room that indescribable fragrance lived in it like a spirit and there were splashes of bright color made faint by the night. "'They're after you,' cried the girl softly. "'Sheriff Claney and a man named Caswell, who has followed you from the south.' She was shocked to see him leaning idly against the wall. "'Now, think of that,' murmured Jess Drear. "'I figured that Caswell was a sensible sort of gent, and here he is trying to make a reputation by catching me. Well, well, they ain't any way of judging a man when he starts out to try to get famous.' she gasped away her surprise no matter what he is he may be a fool but sheriff claney is a dangerous man he's well known too well known mighty good of you to let me know about him come here quick it isn't far to drop to the ground from this window you see how the hill slopes away up just underneath dear me now but there's one great trouble i have to get out to my horse and saddle her before i can start on you'll never ride that horse again they found her in the corral and they've saddled her to take you away on her i knowed caswell was a terrible considerate man she paid no attention you see that hill strike for that just beyond there's broken country no horse can follow you over it you have a gun well a sort of one then go lady said jess drear i'd a pal rather go on angelina as a prisoner than go on foot a free man she stared at him. There was the unmistakable sound of the splintering of wood. Quick, she pleaded, almost sobbing in her frenzy of excitement. There's uh, one or two things that sort of holds me back, murmured the bandit. What? What? Look out yonder. She saw to one side, fifty yards away, two men sitting motionless on their horses. Then you're lost. Well, I'm squeezed anyways, and yonder's Angelina, I see. And following the direction in which he pointed, she saw another pair of men on their horses, with a spare horse held between them. There's no hope? Tell me how to help you. 
lady i sure appreciate all the interest you're showin'. and with this he sank down upon a chair and crossed his legs she stood back from him at that are you going to give up without a struggle i'm going to have a little think said the outlaw i'd rather start a fight after i've thought it out than i would to have a partner to help me two minutes of getting ready is worth an hour of hard riding sometimes i see you don't really care if they do catch you you haven't done anything very wrong it doesn't mean that a busted neck that's what it means then what he said is true most probable it is lady i ain't one of them parlor bad men that wears a bad look and a nervous hand you got a lot of questions to ask me am i a downtrodden man that's tried to right my wrongs and get tangled with the law no i ain't am i a wild but naturally noble heart that's persecuted by the miserable world that don't understand me no i ain't i'm plain jess drear too lazy to work with my hands and just able to get a good living with my gun that's all now take my advice get out of this room and wash your hands of me i don't care what you are cried the girl i believe in you there never was a scoundrel yet that was a truly brave man jess drear i believe in you but quick 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 do something there's no time they've broken in the door that's what i've been waiting for said the bandit and he raised his great length from the chair and stretched himself now that i got part of em inside the house they're divided that's the way old napoleon did i guess but they're comin i can do something raise a false alarm on the other side he broke down with a strange heartiness you're the salt of the earth now don't raise your hand the fools have give me a chance and i'll take it a heavy rush of feet in the hall a body smashed against the door and the room quivered open mary the surprise had brought a revolver in the hand of jess drear and even in that dim light the girl saw his face change but he instantly put up the gun when he saw the door would hold now wouldn't you think that wise gents like them would look before they leap however i won't wait for em the door groaned under a new shock and then jess drear slipped his long body feet first through the window and dropped to the ground she looked out he had slunk into the shadow at the base of the wall and had not yet been seen and now she heard a brief shrill whistle twice repeated it was answered by a snort of a horse and instantly angelina burst from the men who held her and plunged toward the house with flying bridle reins out from the shadow leaped jess drear to meet her he had covered half the distance before he was seen and before the others could start their horses toward him he was in the saddle with a cat-like bound the four men converged on him and straight toward the middle of the gap he sent the flying angelina he lay flat on the back of the mustang he had not even drawn his revolver so far as she could see but the others galloped with naked weapons one of these flashed and on the heels of the report there was a shriek from one of the posse who had been closing in on the other side the bullet had missed the enemy and struck a friend it gave jess drear a winking moment of a chance for the shout of the hurt man and the plunge of his body to the ground threw the rest of the posse into confusion three horses were reined in three directions angelina rushed through the narrow gap between and then mary valentine saw the fugitive strike out toward the nearest hill with three pursuers laboring behind him each of them had a gun unlimbered 
Each of them was pumping a hail of bullets after Jess Drear, but they doubly defeated themselves by that very eagerness, for the racking gallop ruined their chances to shoot true, and sitting straight to fire, they could not get the best speed out of their horses, and in the meantime Jess Drear was jockeying the cat-footed Angelina through the rough ground at the base of the hill. She veered and dodged like a dancing will-o'-the-wisp, and presently darted around the hill into oblivion. The fusillade of shots had drawn the two sheriffs from the door of Mary Valentine's room. She heard them plunging through the house, leaving a trail of crackling oaths behind them in lieu of musketry. Afterward, she waited in her room, terrified by what she had done, and though her aunt and then Elizabeth came and called her, she would not come out. She was spending that hour in profound thoughtfulness, and her thoughts were turning on that thing she had cried to Jess Drear in her excitement, there never was a scoundrel yet that was a truly brave man. Had she not spoken the truth by inspiration? She heard the wounded man groaning as he was carried past her door. That was one result of her work, no doubt. Then she heard the posse returning from a fruitless chase— at this, Mary breathed freely for the first time. Chapter 12 When she went out at last, she carried her head with a high stubbornness and walked bravely into the living room. Elizabeth was not there. She was tending the wounded man, and the rest of the posse was either gone home or had found quarters in the house. But the two sheriffs sat opposite each other. They scowled at Mary when she came in, only from Morgan Valentine did she receive the faint glimmer of a smile. As for Mrs. Valentine, she turned upon her niece a somber glance that betided no good. A pretty night's work for you, Mary Valentine, she said, turning your uncle's house into a refuge for outlaws and getting a man shot. All your work, too, Mary, and I'd like to know what you got to say to Sheriff Claney and Sheriff Caswell that's come so far all to be fooled by your doings. Hush, mother, said Morgan Valentine. That's a little too much. Don't bother about me, said Sheriff Caswell gloomily. I don't hold no spite again the young lady, which I never knew women folk yet that didn't take the side of the underdog. More power to the women, muttered Morgan Valentine. Right, observed Sheriff Caswell, with surprising calmness. I wouldn't wish my own girl to help corner a man. No, sir, and I don't hold no grudge, young lady, though you did lie most amazing for that fox drear. Mary Valentine stood where the firelight could play full on her face, and there is nothing like firelight to bring out the luminous tenderness of a woman's eyes. She cast out her hands toward the two men she had disappointed. "'How could I help it?' she said. "'There were so many of you, and he was alone. "'They would have been more than men "'if they had not melted to some degree. "'Indeed, Mary would have done well on the stage. "'And yet I suppose,' she said, slipping into a chair, "'that he's a scoundrel, a worthless rascal. "'Mary was not very old, and I suppose she was not very wise, "'but she understood that the way to guide a man is to oppose him.' Really, she said, the moment I looked at Jess Drear, I knew that he was worthless. It caused Sheriff Caswell to take fire immediately, and inwardly she rejoiced. Then you know more than I do, he muttered. But haven't you chased him a thousand miles? I had to. 
i don't know just how many thousand there is on his head it ain't the money i want but if i can get rid of jess drear why there ain't much chance of another bad one ever crossing my trail they keep clear of my country if they knowed that i'd run jess drear to the ground mary valentine shivered she gazed with open admiration at the sheriff it must take courage she murmured to follow a cold-blooded murderer the sheriff looked at her he was not displeased by her admiration but he felt that he must put this very absolute young woman in her place if you call him cool he said why i call him that too but murder is a pretty strong word man-killer he is there ain't any doubt about that but murder i ain't ever heard of his doing isn't that a close distinction she said is there much difference between a murderer and a man-killer to you maybe not said the sheriff deliberately to me they're just about the world apart a murderer is a snake that strikes for the sake of striking a man-killer is one that fights when he has to but jess drear why he'll almost take water before he'll fight that's how mild he is she had to lower her eyes such a warm happiness had come in her blood that she feared it would shine out in her glance for my part she said i think his mildness is just a sham it looks snaky enough to me then said the sheriff you and me see with different eyes what chance did jess drear have i ask you judd lindsay's hoss is stole it looks bad for pete drear judd gets a crowd together they put on masks and go to drear's house they take pete out and when he says he's innocent they laugh at him the case was so black again him they take him out string him up and let him swing along comes jess drear and sees his father dead before the door of the house he busts around town and finds out that lindsay done it along about that time the real hoss thief is found with the goods they bring him in there ain't any doubt that old pete drear was innocent when he was lynched but he was such a queer silent old cuss that nobody would have believed it considering how black the case was again him well jess drear buries his father and then he goes to the sheriff and asks for justice on judd lindsay did he get it no partly because there wasn't anybody that seen the lynching except them that was in the mob and everybody in the mob was just as guilty as judd lindsay in the eyes of the law so would they talk would they accuse judd and accuse themselves at the same time <laughs> no there wasn't any chance of that besides the sheriff is pretty thick with judd lindsay judd having married his daughter so he tells jess drear to get out of his office and stop talking like a fool you see he didn't suspect that there was anything very hard about jess nobody did he'd been quiet as a lamb all his life so jess drear leaves the sheriff and goes out to the saloon where judd lindsay was i was there at the bar and i seen everything that happened jess walks in and stands there with his hands on his hips judd lindsay he sings out i've been to the sheriff and asked for the law on you but the sheriff has cussed me out and told me i couldn't come at you through the law so i'm going to use my own hands lindsay i'm going to kill you well lindsay turns on his heel and has two guns out before you could wink and he hits the floor without shooting either of them guns off the reason why was because a slug out of drear's gun had gone through his heart now that was what opened our eyes to jess judd lindsay was called a quick man with his shooting irons but beside jess that day he looked as if he was standing still to have his picture taken after judd drops jess sings out in his quiet way well boys you see what i've done and i ask you what other way out was there for me
there wasn't any other way and we all knowed it so we didn't say nothing and jess turns his back and walks out without nobody liftin his hand but old pike malone says to me he says caswell there's a good man gone wrong to-day and pike told the truth the sheriff went near crazy when he heard about the killin of his son-in-law he rides up to the house of jess drear and calls him out and cusses him up and down and tells him to come with him the sheriff was achin for a gun play but jess didn't come half way he goes right along to the jail then comes the trial they was twelve fair men on the jury but what could they do it was a plain case of manslaughter the easiest they could let jess off and after he heard the decision he busted jail the sheriff followed hotfoot some said that he left the way open for jess so that he could have the pleasure of dropping him with his own guns instead of waiting for jess to serve his sentence the sheriff runs jess down easy because the first place jess went was home the sheriff goes in for him and the sheriff never comes out again but jess drear comes out and rides off on the sheriff's hoss they wasn't anything for it except to start after him with a posse not that any of us really wanted to tackle the job but we couldn't have our town put on the map as an easy place for a getaway that wouldn't do we got our guns and climbed on our hosses and followed jess drear for blood he'd have got away because he has the real eye for a trail and he knows how to shake any crowd that ever got together but his hoss went lame and we caught up with him at this point the sheriff paused sighed and looked for a long moment at the fire that was the time he said at length that jess drear cut his name into the memory of the southwest and he cut it deep afterward jess drear went on and we went back i got this that day he touched a scar where a bullet had furrowed the base of his broad tanned neck and now here i am on his trail said the sheriff he shook his head gloomily i may get jess chances are that jess'll get me i ain't got no grudge agin him but i got to make a place for myself it's a gamble how the trail will turn out but it's a sure thing that they don't want a sheriff long down my way until they find a man that can get jess drear what i've got on my side numbers they don't count you've just seen how he slides through em what else have i got the fact that jess has got away so often that maybe his luck is just about played out eight years of luck pretty soon he'll tumble and maybe i'll be there with a gun to catch him when he drops at the conclusion of this tale there was a silence even mrs valentine was motionless and her knitting needles were crossed idly for the first time in many an hour but mary without a word got up and left the room she walked with her head fallen there seemed to be a haze across her eyes for when she reached the door she fumbled blindly for it a moment all of this morgan valentine saw what passed through his mind it would be impossible to say but when the door had closed upon his niece he said softly to caswell sheriff between you and me i think it'd be a pretty good idea if you didn't talk no more to mary about this jest drear why not if you had a house built of dead leaves said morgan valentine would you encourage folks to come and light matches in it End of chapters 11 and 12